Okay, Kerry, come on, show yourself. Show yourself. I know you're kind of hiding. Come on, come in here. Boo! Hey! Don't scare me, scare me like that. Sorry, I'll, I'll do that again. Is that too much? That's too much, man. Oh, That's yeah. too much. It's too much. <laughs> How are you feeling today? Uh, no, could feel better. Could feel better. I don't yeah. like you to say that. What's going on, man? I mean, we were there at that party last night. Oh. Super Bowl party here in Atlanta. Chance for the Falcons to bring their first Super Bowl to the city. And one of Atlanta's very few, you know, sports championships. Yes. And man, to throw it away yes. like they did at the end. I mean, I've seen the playoff and it's been so exciting to follow uh, Atlanta Falcons. Like the entire city united for this right. team. Diversity that's going on in this city. Yeah, The really. people, the art, the sports, everything, you know, the people will really, really uplifted that Falcons made to the Super Bowl. I mean, that is a big event in U.S., isn't it? It is. And it's, it's a, like a phenomenon that I've never really experienced before. To see all the euphoria and excitement in the city. Yes. Over, you know, as, the team get be- <laughs> or as the fans get behind the team. I've never experienced that before, and it's pretty cool to see. I remember even like... Two years ago, I think the Hawks made it to the conference yeah. final. And there right. was, you could see how that much that meant to the city. Yeah. But American football has a definitely a different place in Americans' heart. It's For their sure. big sports here, right? For sure, yeah. Most of the country. Uh, and I'd say Atlanta's, Atlanta supports all of their, all their teams. But, uh, sure, football, that would, that would have been something special to bring the Super Bowl home. But, you know, what struck me most is that they, are so good. Yeah. I mean, they are so good from the quarterback to, you know, the running back and the, including the coaching team and even the owner, Arthur Blank, right. yeah. that has been doing a really good job to bring in this team to a championship final. And they played against New England Patriots with Tom Brady as a quarterback. Who arguably people say, and I can understand it, best quarterback ever in the NFL. Some people disagree. <laughs> Bill Belichick, best uh, coach ever in the NFL. So, you know, it seems almost like fitting like that dynasty that the Patriots are, the big, big boy Patriots. Yes. Because the Falcons in only the first or second Super Bowl that they've appeared in, you know. But I think the Falcons were expected to hold up well against the Patriots. Right. I mean, I kind of had the same kind of start or pre-game that I do before big, big soccer games too. You know, I went and bought my chips. I had my candies. I had my M&M's, you know, and we started to try to plan where to go, where to watch this game. And me and you, our other friends, we got together at a friend's house Mm -hmm. and started to follow before even the commercials and the entire entire upbringing to this game and then the first kick and Falcons started really good it was like they're going for it so hard immediately uh-huh. and and Tom Brady the quarterback for Patriots almost looked shot he was almost like what's going on right now he was stressed they got him and on the third quarter it was 28 so to three, three. Yeah. right surely no way Patriots are coming back from that. I mean, tell me as a person that knows more about American football than me, you know, it was like nine minutes left of the 
third quarter, yeah. I believe. Yeah. And it's twenty eight to three. And the American football you, is more like if you can do the math based on the time, right. you can you can kinda count if this like how to maximize, maximize your points, get the most points, even if it's not always gonna be a touchdown, which is obviously the most points, how to get whatever points you can at this specific drive. Yeah. Uh and then, you know, that'll add up uh later in the quarter. So I think that's must have been what the Patriots, you know, did. Not sound too novice, but twenty eight to three, as you said. Uh-huh. And then you saw the Patriots get that one that one touchdown back. And they're like, okay. Uh they actually missed the extra kick. They did. <laughs> I've never seen that in my life. I've never seen that in my life. It rarely happens. Uh but even then I was thinking, okay, so hey, maybe it's a little bit of a game, but Patriots show some life. But still, with like you said, nine or so minutes left. Falcons should have this in the bag, especially uh-huh, the way they uh-huh. were playing. Yeah. But there was no stress in the room. No. There yeah. was just fun jokes. You know, I went on Facebook at one point and everybody like, yeah, Atlanta, <laughs> race up, race up. Right. And then they did one more touchdown. And now it started to kind of come in something. Something started to creep in. I was like counting, wait a minute. If Patriots do one more touchdown and then do a two-point conversion that's overtime. I mean, wait a minute. Can this happen? Is this possible? Is this really happening? Wait I actually missed the next two touchdowns that they did because I left <laughs> a little bit early, remember? Yeah. And then I took you 10 or 15 minutes to get home and the Falcons were up by like three touchdowns and then I come home and they're down by one. They're only up by one touchdown and the Patriots are driving and like getting ready to get the next uh-huh. one. I'm like, come on, what happened? <laughs> yeah, what happened? <laughs> Our good friend that is a Patriot fan, he also was kind of upset and left the party because he thought the team lost. <laughs> so he kind of left too. And uh, now it's like literally 40 seconds left of the game. Mm-hmm. 40, 50 right. seconds left of the game. And they actually have to do this touchdown. And they did it. They yeah. just went and did that touchdown and then they got the extra two points to tie it yeah and then they won the toss (laughs) and then they just went straight to touchdown and all of a sudden the entire city that almost was ready to celebrate a big big super bowl win was in shock yeah just like that just like that now that you say like that it's starting to hit me like wow so fast i went from euphoric (laughs) so happy finally the falcons or any atlanta team has brought a championship to to the to the city in my lifetime and just like that the patriots it was all taken away from me the patriots immediately like that it was almost like reliving the election day again you know (laughs) It, it was it was you know quietness when you left the building i was like already planning about honking the car you know <laughs> kind of go out and scream but we got I'm, i don't want to say robbed and disrespect what happened dude is this very similar to something we experienced as milan fans back in 2005 oh oh I mean, Milan goes ahead 1-0, you know. Kaká makes that amazing nice ship over the two, between two right. defenders and the ball comes to Crespo. Mm. 
and he scores. Yeah. Do you remember the third goal that Milan scored? Uh, let's see. Would that have been Kaká again? Kaká again. Deep, maybe right at half field or so. Yeah. Or even further back, that through ball. Oh my God, that through ball. It must have been like a 30, 40-yard pass on the ground that went straight through the defense, perfectly weighted onto Crespo again. And he just, that's like that chip that he did over the keeper. 3 nothing, right? Right. I mean, that's one of the biggest memories of Liverpool fans and all people within soccer call this the miracle in Istanbul. Yeah. Why? 3-0 to Milan and everybody thought Milan won this game. It was done. In soccer, usually when you get to 2-0, it's, it's hard to switch the game and kind of do a comeback like that. Yeah. And Liverpool went. Who scored the first goal? Captain, fantastic, Steven Gerrard. Of course, Steven G. Of course, he stepped yeah, up, right? Exactly, and coming through. Boom. And then you had Smither, a shot. Mm. Late on, uh, Xavi Alonso. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. right that's Xavi right. Xavi Alonso with the tie goal, I believe. Right. He so. missed the penalty and took the rebound. Exactly, yeah. Oh, yeah. my God. Details, huh? <laughs> you remember the... At the it's pretty similar to all of a sudden, like Liverpool came back, mm. Patriots came back. Yeah. Late on, Falcons were deep in the first half, second half, dominating. AC Milan finished the first half, dominating. dominating. Everyone said, game's over at halftime. Yeah. Everyone, all the Falcons fans were like, oh, game's over after the third quarter. Yet, Liverpool came back, Patriots came back, and they just had, once they get that momentum, it's like they can't be stopped. You can't be stopped. It's something about momentum. It's something yeah. about like keep believing into the end. Keep mm. fighting to the end. Keep hoping that there is possibilities. I mean, it's pretty unique what sports is doing to people. Yeah, you know, to people's it's minds. And everything, man. Everything, you know. It was heavy to wake up this morning. Yeah. And then, <laughs> did you see how this morning it was all cloudy oh. and dark? <laughs> oh. I bet it. I bet over in Boston it was super sunny. I bet, man. I bet people are out out there and singing yeah. and, and skipping on the streets. Yeah, you know? at the best comeback of all time in Super Bowl history. Oh my God! Sports in its true magic and tragedy. Welcome back to Oscotch and King Soccer, Soccer Podcast Show. the mood up a bit okay sounds good to me you know yeah. we, that that happened okay we cannot we cannot 
do anything about it. You yeah, know? yeah. And uh, it's true. We will probably remember that day, rest of our lives. Yeah, for sure. Especially um, it's native Atlantan. Yeah. Someone who's lived here for a while. You've yeah. lived here for a while now, for sure. This, is, this will sting a bit. It will. It will. And that that happens, right? But I want to tell you something personal. Okay. I want to tell you about a soccer game that I really remember. Ah, good. I love these personal stories that we get into. I, I want to see if you remember this game. Right. It's called... Uh, Bragdan e Berlin. Bragdan e Berlin. I heard Berlin. Yep, yep, yep. So we are actually actually (laughs) Berlin. And it's basically more or less called as in the miracle in in Berlin or the achievement Mm. in Berlin. And this is a qualification to World Cup 2014 game between Germany and Sweden. Mm. You know, Germany eventually went and won that World Cup. Right. So you know what a great team and great talents they had in that squad. Mm. And Germany, it's a hard team to go and play against. Yeah. You go away and play against for sure. Yeah. It's, it's playing that national arena with all that supporters yeah. and uh, that Mannschaft. Yeah. Right. The Deutschland. And you just look at the names Hust. on the back of their jerseys and you see Schweinsteiger, Ozil, Müller, Neuer. <laughs> yeah, and you also take a short look at the crest and you see the stars above it right. for the yeah. World Cup wins. Yeah. And uh, Germany went like a train, man. They mm. scored one goal, then they scored the second goal, then they went for a third goal, then also... 4-0 in the 56th <laughs> minute, man. Ooh, boy, that's domination. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I'm like, wait, this is the kind of end of Swedish soccer era. Oh, my God. You know, they're kind of pointing it out like that, how good this German <laughs> team is. Right. It's really in a different level. And, uh, you know, it's something with sports and uh, something we love with soccer. But commentators. Mm. They give such a nice contribution to, without the contribution from the commentators, the games would be so plain. Yeah, I mean, you hear the commentators and that they say a certain phrase or something, and either it's a phrase that they say in every game that they're known for, or they just say something that happens uh, in the game, mm-hmm. and it comes stuck in our mind for for years big time big time in one way i look at them as a teacher too sure you know they kind of talk about the game they talk about the players they talk about the history very knowledgeable very knowledgeable they know the facts they know the history and somehow they give us a bit of their teaching yeah and to listen to it is pretty amazing but also their own excitement yeah. You, you, you kind of know the Arabic speakers that kind of scream when yeah. the goal happens, right? Right. Same with your Spanish speakers all the time. Big time. Yeah. And you got also South American. Yeah. Golasso. Yeah. Lasso. 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 Yeah. And, and uh, you like the sophisticated English. Some people think it's boring. I don't think it's boring necessarily, personally. But the your English speakers like Martin Tyler yeah. and their sophistication and how they, they paint a beautiful picture. They do. So. They do. They're really talented. And I'm happy that we have 
uh, commentators and speakers like that. Mm. And uh, there's one guy in Sweden called Lasse Granqvist. He is mad. He <laughs> is mad good, okay? He is mad good. He is so into the game. He loves it. And he brings so much passion to it. But at this game, you could hear that he was kind of off tone. They were losing 4-0, sure. I don't blame him, right? Yeah. I don't blame him. And uh, I want to I wanna bring you to that game and kind of listen when Sweden scored the first goal. So you kind of can hear about how his tone is, how he sounds like, okay? Yeah, sure. All right. This is the first goal by who? Zlatan Ibrahimovic. Oh, okay. Katja Niklic vem annars utmanar kommer in i straffområdet men bollen blir avklädd densamma och då kan Tyskland kanske kontra för ett femte mål. Nej det blir inte så. Bollen är eh, i svensk ägo. Tim Kjellström med ett inspel mot straffområdet tänkt för Ibrahimovic som nickar bollen bra i mål. Snattan Ibrahimovic är mål för Sverige. Nickar in reducering till 4-1 eh, i den 62 minuten efter ett utmärkt inlägg från Kim Kjellström som alltså var petad av Erik Hamren i den här matchen. Ja han har gjort det bra som jag sa tidigare. Okay, so what did you notice about his voice? Uh, he was kind of subdued. He was quiet, yeah. sure. Uh, as a Swedish commentator, like we said, understandable. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. But, you know, yeah, I, I can understand his... I don't know about disappointment, because he just scored, but, you know, he wasn't as into it as he could have been. Right, exactly, exactly. And then what happened was the miracle started to happen, mm-hmm. you know? The unforgettable Swedish soccer moment. This is a time that all the Swedish soccer supporters will never forget. And uh, Lustig mm. scored a second goal. 4-2. Mm. 4-2. And uh, then you had Juan Elmande. What do we have about Juan Elmande? What do you know about I him? I remember him at Bolton. Big, tall striker. Mm-hmm. The Premier League. <laughs> Buff guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're good, good. You also played for a Turkish team. Yeah, that's right. Correct. Uh, okay. Correct. Well done, my friend. Well done. And uh, you want Elmande scored four free. Now Lasse Granqvist kind of went up of his chair. You know what I mean? This is a game where Fredrik Reinfeldt, Prime Minister of Sweden, sitting mm. together with Angela Merkel. They're sitting next to next <laughs> to each other, right? And Sweden subbed in Alexander Kasaniklic. He was really good at the time. He came in as a talent. And uh, um, they also brought in Tobias Sana, also a talent. Okay. And very young kids, like 18, 19 years old. My friend, Lasse Granqvist, in the, almost at the end of the game, mm-hmm. Lasse Granqvist went bananas. He went bananas. Okay? That can only mean one thing. This is what it means. Ibrahimovic kommer med bollen höger ut på position för Tobias Sana 92 minuter på klockan, 4-1 till Tyskland Sana utmanar försvaret, har han kraften att komma förbi, rullar bollen bakåt, inspel lustig i straffrådet nickar Elmande vidare och där är Katja Niklis som ner bollen på rubbet och så går det till Ibrahimovic i straffrådet, han gör en dragning och skjuter där på en kastande tysk kommer svenskarna igen, Kjellström 92-15 på klockan, Kjellström ett långt inspel i straffrådet mot Ibrahimovic panna och så går bollen för Elm så skjuter Elm! 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 Rasmus Elm! Gör fullständigt osannolika! 4-4! Oh, oh, oh. 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 Oh, o
But just the contrast from the first goal to the last, it's really, it's really something. We were all, you know, jumping and celebrating and we were not even believing our own eyes about, you know, what just happened, you know. Mm. And uh, it definitely gave us uh, comfort. Wow, this is possible. You actually went away and scored four goals to Germany. <laughs> you know, it's, it's incredible in its own way. Um, do you remember or have any personal memories with the U.S. team that you can kind of remember a moment? Like okay. this moment meant so much to me. Yeah, I got you. You do? Yes. So 2010 World Cup. Actually, I remember even where I was during this game. Okay. But, uh, That's even better. Man. I know. Me and, my, uh, me and some of my soccer teammates a couple times and also some of my friends from school too. Yeah. Uh, a couple times... Uh, we'll go to this camp, Ralph Lundy Soccer Academy in uh, South Carolina or North Carolina. Actually, I forget. Okay. But um, but this was this time was uh, we went to the camp and it happened to be at the same time as the World Cup in 2010 in South nice. Africa. Nice. And during one of those days, I think it was a Friday, maybe we all took a break from the soccer activities we were doing, from the you know, training sessions we were doing, and everyone at the camp. Went to a couple different rooms and we watched the U.S. play Algeria on the big screen. In the last group game. What kind of players did U.S. have? Uh, let's see. They had, of course, Donovan, Dempsey. Some of the same guys that you still see on the U.S. team today. Michael Bradley was young and up and coming, as was Josie Altidore. Mm. Uh, keeper? Keeper Tim Howard, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. Who was at his peak with Everton at the time. So some elite players uh, on the U.S. team, also some some people that didn't really pan out afterwards, like uh, Robbie Finley and Jose Francisco Torres. But you had some pretty quality players on the squad, and the group, the U.S. group, once the uh, group was drawn, drawn with England, Algeria, and Slovenia. Everyone in the U.S. was like, "We could take this group. Yeah, we want to face England, mm-hmm. but also we can easily get past this group." So you had the camp. Yep. With your teammates, yep. and you have the TV on. You have the TV on against Algeria, last group game. Uh-huh. U.S. got two ties in the first, a little bit of a struggle. Tied in England and Slovenia. Had to win this game to advance. Had to win this game to advance. And I remember this game, it was... Algeria had a couple chances. I remember early on, Tim Howard made a couple really good saves. Nice. But for the most part, the U.S. was pounding on the Algeria goal I think hit the post a couple times. Me and my friends and everyone in the room kept screaming, the, oh, how, how did we miss that? We were so like angry at our teams which is in, and angry at the situation. Like, how did we miss that? We could have scored three or four times. I remember. And then commentators, we were talking about commentators. Uh-huh. Ian Dark has become like synonymous with U.S. soccer now. And I remember late in the game, 
like 90th minute or so, still 0-0. Okay. So as it was, the U.S. was going out, and then Howard picked up the ball, threw it down to Donovan, and the counterattack started, and Donovan charged up the field. He managed to get all the way up to the, right outside the Algeria box before laying it off to, I think, Altador. Cross it in, Dempsey running in, hits it, point blank save from the keeper. And at this point, I'm like, oh my goodness, how do we <laughs> oh, miss again? No. <laughs> but then the ball pops out, and who else but the best player the U.S. has ever had, and Donovan, is there to tuck it away. 1-0, you hear Ian Dark's famous, go, go, USA, and <laughs> U.S. to the to the second round, round of 16. In fact, that win... Put the U.S. first in the group, ahead of England, which is like the first time in in years, decades that the U.S. has come well first in the U.S. Yeah. Well done. Everybody claims it. Distribution, brilliant. Landon Donovan, or things on here for the USA. Can they do it here? Cross, and Dempsey is denied again, and Donovan has scored! Oh, can you believe this? Go, go, USA! Sadly through. Oh, it's incredible! You could not write a script like this. Dude, that is so nice, man. That is mm. so nice, right? Yeah. I mean, that's an important goal in the World Cup. Right. You know, you score such a late goal, must goal, go to next run. You know, as a fan, you don't care if that is in the group stage or, you know, the final. At this point, you're in the group stage yeah. and you have to get through that, first of all. Yeah. And, I mean, once it comes as late as it does, I don't care who scores it, uh-uh. how, how the goal is. It wasn't necessarily a pretty goal, but it was a goal, so. But what's important is that they went through to the next round. Yeah. You know, just that enjoyment for your national team to make that happen is really nice yeah. feeling, isn't it? Everyone went nuts in the room. In yeah. fact, uh, one of my teammates... <laughs> he our our head like coach that was training with us after all the celebration one of our teammates goes up he's kind of been like teasing him the entire time goes up smacks him on the butt during the <laughs> celebrations <laughs> he smacks our our, our oh, coach on the, on the butt. i just picturing uh like uh how old are you 15 year old something like that 15 year old yeah. carry celebrating for this goal <laughs> dude i mean it is like that. Games are important, right? And uh, I r- remember 2008. Ah. Man, has it been that many years? I don't know. It seems so. It seems like not that long ago, but also a long time ago. This memory is so fresh. Mm. You know, it's so fresh in my head that it's almost like a couple of weeks ago. Uh, okay, maybe not that fresh, but <laughs> still fresh, man. Turkey against Czech Republic. Ah, yeah. Do we have any players that you know of in the Turkish team? So, let's see. I remember Arda Turan. Yeah, young. Yeah, yeah, he was young. <laughs> um, I remember Hamid Altentop. Good yeah, one, good yeah. one. And uh, let's see, Nihat Kavechi. Kavechi, that's what What club did he play for? Uh, I remember Sociedad, Real Sociedad. Good number of years. Good. So... You also have uh, Tunjai in that team. Oh, uh, yeah, that's right. Tunjai in that team. That and uh, Semi? Semi Shanturk. Semi Shanturk. Then you also had a British 
Turkish player. Ah, Kazim Richards. Kazim Richards. <laughs> yeah. Kazim Kazim or something. Yeah. <laughs> the Coca Cola kid. <laughs> <laughs> and Czech Republic. I remember this game must have been on it. And Jan Kohler, I remember. Jan Kohler. <laughs> Who's the keeper? Petr Cech. Petr Cech. Undoubtedly, uh, one of the top keepers of the world at the time. He was. Yeah. He was. There's no doubt about that whatsoever. And Czech Republic. Young Kohler scores the first goal. Mm, right. You know? I mean, come on. You know? It, it, this, this is a must win for Turkey to go to the next round. And in the Euros, you have quarterfinals. Right. right. So the, the, the road to the final is maybe a little bit shorter. shorter. Yeah. And then Plasil scores right. 2-0. I'm like, man, you would almost want to throw that remote control on TV. <laughs> kind of mad you are, you know? And uh, it kind of kept going on and going on, and it came across from the right side in. And uh, first touch, he just shot it hard, placed it, so Chick couldn't even, you know, he throwed himself, but he couldn't even save it. Mm. So Arturan, being that young, he really paved the way for Turkey in the Euros. He scored that first goal, kind of gave some... Hope. Right, some, a little bit of life, yeah. A bit, a bit. This was late on too, wasn't it? This like, was uh, like 76. 70, yeah, yeah like that. 76 minutes. And, uh, you know, the commentators was like speaking about, you know, oh man, can we do it? We can keep it up. Come on, Turkey, you can do it. Believing in you. And they were kind of building this up, you know. Uh, Turkish commentators have so much passion when they speak. They have so much living almost in that moment it's almost like it's like there are fans at the stadium right here or even like there are the players that speaking at the same time it's happening you know what i mean that they, wow. they, they, they're really like into it they're really into it and uh, alton top puts that ball in and peter check goes up he grabs the ball but accidentally it slips between his hands he drops it, goes down to the ground, and Nihat Kaveji is right there and smashes the ball in. This is 88 minutes. <laughs> this is 88 minutes, dude. Yeah. And then what's it? 2-0? Two two, then 2-2. Two, two, then 2-2, two, yeah. two, two, you know? <laughs> yeah. and, and, and the commentators are like going, you know, like, oh my God, we're going to the uh, penalties. We're going to yeah. make it the penalties. We have still a chance. I think this was like a real unique situation where like, they were they would have been tied on everything, so they would have just gone straight to penalties as like a tiebreaker. Oh, so exactly! Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my god, you remember that? Yeah, it was like no away <laughs> goals, so the goals were totally even. Yeah. So it would go straight to PKs and two uh, two at the end. And I remember we 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 were at a friend's house, me, Dior, David, uh, a lot of the, our friends were there, and we were just stuck in that environment and just looking at it mm. and uh, I don't know how to describe this man but in the 89th minute a long ball comes up Tunja Chanlu gives a pass passes through the high line defenders and Nia Kaviji turns and places the ball up in the corner. Yeah. And as it does it, me and DR and my friends went crazy like this Turkish commentator. 
Kanchai. Mamit. Hadi üç gelsin. Pasını aktardı. Mira bitirirken bu işi. Bitirirken bu işi. Yok penaltılar. Yok penaltılar. Gol, 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 gol. Mükemmel bir an. Three, two, the turkey. <laughs> oh man, I'm seriously about to cry, man. <laughs> I remember, uh, I remember watching this game. I also remember my dad watching this game. Dude. <laughs> I'm literally about to cry, man. That's good. That's what it means, right? Oh my god, you know. It it was such a joy. It was such a happiness. It was such a surprise, you know. We thought the game was over, but now we just on the next round, you know. It meant so much. Yeah. I remember it meant so much. It's it's incredible what what soccer can do, right? Soccer can do, man. Yeah. All right, man. I'm so <laughs> happy that we have these moments to, oh. to live on, right? That's what soccer gives us. It brings oh us this stuff. God, yeah. Uh, how about we go take a look at what moments like this happen throughout Europe? This, Let's this week. Yeah. do it. Another Let's Euro trip. Let's do it. All Let's right. take this trip. Let's we had take so much fun trip. last week. Let's do it again. Yeah. Let's take this trip. Can we sit on a moped this time? All right, sure. I guess we can. I mean, you, you yeah. gotta have a helmet, Kerry. Okay, but you know the rent is coming out of your money. Um. <laughs> okay, we do it, but I have to drive. All right, deal. Don't hold my waist, please. All right. Okay. Okay. Fine. <laughs> deal. All right. Where's so? Where are we going? All right. Let's um. Let's start off in Spain. Okay. All right. Uh, we'll talk about. Let's talk about Atletico Madrid. Okay. And Fernando Torres. At the double, scoring twice. Really? Yeah, win for Atletico Madrid. I don't know, Torres coming coming out of nowhere. I mean, he's been playing, but... That's actually fun to have him back on the scoring sheet. Yeah, I agree. That's where he belongs. Yeah. That's sure. what he knows. Yeah. Was it good goals? They were pretty good goals. Well-taken goals. Uh, but as a striker, you're, you're not going to really care if they're good or not, as long as they go in, right? That's it, dude. That's it. All right, let's move over to Barcelona and the Camp Nou. Mm. And 90,000 people watching, more than that, 98, 99,000 people watching Barcelona play Athletic Bilbao. Mm. And Barcelona's kind of, they, they haven't necessarily been losing, but they haven't been playing so great. And they've been, even once they win, they haven't been playing great. And this was another game like that where they won 3-0. Uh, Messi scored twice and actually getting subbed off. You never see. Oh yeah, wow! Like, I've never seen that. I know. <laughs> I mean, it, it rarely happens. Yeah, Messi, Ronaldo, these guys that play all the time. Neymar, see them actually get subbed off was odd. Was it a reason for it? Uh, I don't know for sure. I think is I think they had planned it. Messi wasn't like complaining a lot once he came off. Okay. Uh, so I think it must have been like a pre-planned thing. And Barcelona did still go on to win. Uh, but you can imagine had they, like I said, they weren't playing super great. Bilbao were playing them pretty tough. So a quick question: When you watched the Barcelona game, could you see this 
immortal team or this unbeatable team that were happen? Do they have that going on? I mean, the the last couple of months they've seemed to lose that invulnerability, that invincibility. Mm-hmm. Like it looks like they they can be beat, and they have dropped a lot of points this season. Um, their credit, yeah, like I said, they didn't play well the last couple games. They haven't necessarily played well, but they still won. They still won. So, I mean, that's the mark of a of a championship winning Impressive. team. Impressive. Um, They're getting to a lot of gold chances. Right. Yeah. Either way, they always seem to have a lot of chances, but it's just something about it that's missing. Did Arda Turan he did. play? Yes, he did. Yeah. Good. Uh, Good. Pretty strong performance, I think. Uh, nice. Uh, finally, in Spain. Real Madrid did not play. Mm, they right. were going to go to Celta Vigo to play, but get this: uh, heavy, heavy windstorms apparently kind of devastated Vigo. You're and kidding I think, me! I think I mean I don't know if anybody was hurt or anything like that, but uh, they worried for the fan safety and even player safety, so they decided to postpone the game. I think the winds even damaged a bit of the roof of the stadium. It was so, that serious? Yeah, apparently. So they postponed the game. They didn't want anyone to get hurt. Now Real Madrid are, uh, I think, only one point ahead of Barcelona, but they have two games at hand. So oh wow, two games, two games, yeah. So it could literally be seven, yeah, easily. Uh, all right, there's Spain for you. Okay, that was good, warm weather, man. You brought that trick good. <laughs> uh, let's go to Italy. Nice. Where, unfortunately, our team AC Milan, big admirers. Another loss. I think this is four losses in a row. They haven't started the new year well. You know what I want to do, Kerry? What's that? I want to go into a store in Milano mm-hmm. and go to this Italian guy, look at his face, and then say, Bopity boopy. Okay. Bopity boopy. <laughs> Bopity boopy. What's why? going on with Milan team? Why you point at the mustache? I don't know. Because of like Mario? Do you think it'll relate to it? True, but he's also <laughs> Japanese. <laughs> oh, that's true too. Yeah. <laughs> but what's going on with AC Milan? I mean, we know that. we all know how they're like a young team. Uh, I think they have some injuries, a lot of injuries on defense. Mm-hmm. Bonaventura is a little injured. Who I think is Milan's best player. I think he's a very good player. He's a good player. Uh, I agree. Uh, but they're a young team. Earlier, we've talked about it before how. Yeah. I mean. They're young, but they seem to be kind of enjoying themselves, and there's not too hot, too high expectations for them. Uh, but four losses in a row is a little tough. They were they were in a good fight for the Champions League spot. Four uh, losses in a row, yeah, that's that's pretty tough, man. I know, and I, they're not like out of the Champions League race yet, but Inter Milan, right across the city, they uh, they are catching fire, and they were struggling a lot. Fact, mm-hmm. Inter played Juventus. Oh, that's a top game. It is. It is. I'm surprised actually I didn't lead with that. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Inter played Juventus uh, in in Turin at Juventus Stadium. Beautiful. Uh, tight game, tight game that Juventus won, which they were expected to do. But Inter, like I said, Inter playing well and they played a pretty good game. You think uh, Juventus will keep going strong this season? Yeah, yeah, it's hard to see something going to happen there, right? Yeah, <laughs> it's really difficult. Roma hasn't played yet, actually. I think their game might have gone postponed, too. You think Juventus has a strong team for the Champions League? I do. I do. Um, I'd say there's still 
you know, up against it. There's still odds are a little bit against them when it comes to, you know, the big three now. Yeah. Barca and Bayern and Real. But I think I think Juventus, especially with how Real Madrid have been struggling lately this season, uh the second half of the season, Barcelona is struggling a bit. So I think I think uh Juventus have as good a chance as a lot of teams though. Interesting. Really. Interesting. Um let's go to Germany. Yeah. And yeah. Big news, Bayern Munich didn't win. Ooh. I know. <laughs> they tied at home to I tied at home to Schalke. A one one. Yet they're still four points clear because Bruce Dortmund, probably the biggest game of the weekend. Bruce oh. Dortmund playing upstarts RB Leipzig in Dortmund. A tight game. Obama Young got the goal to win it for Dortmund one zero. In matter of fact, I wanna say something about this game. What? Obviously, it's the second place to the third place. Yeah. It was a big game. And we all know the supporters of Borussia Dortmund are very dedicated. But there were actually ugly scenes that happened outside the stadium. Mm. And uh, both me and you are against. We don't want to see any violence whatsoever against fans or anyone in that matter, right? And it was... Pretty gnarly, man. It was pretty gnarly. I read the ESPN article about the incidents, mm. and it kind of got me scared. Let me read it for you so you get the good picture of what ESPN reported. Borussia Dortmund have said they deeply regret the violence against RB Leipzig supporters, including women and children, before the sides meeting at the Westfalen Stadium on Saturday. Dortmund police said they had filed 28 charges for breaches of the law concerning explosives, assaults, dangerous bodily injury, damage to property, and theft. A Dortmund statement said the club were working with police to deal with the incidents. Borussia Dortmund, this is a, this is a quote, okay? Mm, okay. Borussia Dortmund deeply regrets that there has been violence towards fans coming from Leipzig. The statement added, Dortmund strongly condemns this violence and we wish the injured fans a swift recovery. And then this is where it kind of got me really uh, afraid or concerned. Okay? What's that? The violence happened when Leipzig supporters approaching Dortmund Stadium were pelted with stones and cans by Dortmund fans. Four police officers and a police dog were injured. A police statement said, All in all, extreme aggression and readiness for violence could be established among the Dortmund fans against the visitors. This was directed against any person who could be identified as a Leipzig fan, regardless of whether they were small children, women, or families. That's, That's disgusting. And then the article goes to a Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang header was enough for Dortmund to win the game 1-0 against Leipzig side without regulars Timo Werner, Diego Deme, and Marcel Sabitzer because of illness and Emil Forsberg to suspension. The home side could have won by more, but Aubameyang and Marky Royce missed good chances after the break. Scary, huh? Yeah, that's disgusting. I mean, we, we, whenever we get this image of Dortmund fans, we think of, wow, these are some of the best fans yeah, in exactly. the world. Colorful, passionate. 
behind their team. You see the them at that stadium. It's amazing. We don't want. I'm sure not all of them are like this, but we don't mm-hmm. want this to to you know, ruin the Dorman fans' image, and we don't want this to spread. And I think this has something to do because of uh, the fact that Leipzig are like corporate owned or something like that with by uh, Red Bull. Possibly, so. possibly. To your point, like you said, it surprised me that it was actually Dortmund fans. Yeah, you know, you're not really supposed, you're not used to hear that. And could it be? Could it be the disappointment of the table position they're that's, in? That's possible too. Yeah. They, they're expected to really challenge Bayern Munich, as they usually are. Yeah. But they, they've been struggling a bit this season. I mean, with all the talent they have, too. Yeah, the ta- talent and the wit in that squad. Yeah. You would think they would do better results than they have so far. Yeah, yeah. So that, that frustration surely, you know, got to the fans. But so that actually helped Dorman that win, moved them up. But that's it for Germany. Let's move to one more place. That's England. Ooh. And place we know, Premier League, we know pretty well. Yes. Liverpool losing to Hull. Again. I know. This has been an awful month or so for Liverpool. Manchester United got an easy win. Leicester City really struggling as the reigning champions. But Manchester United easily winning 3-0. Latan scored in that game. Slatan has scored 15 goals this season. And that's the first time a 35-year-old reaching that level mm. of goals. In Premier League, that's how good this champion is. That's impressive. That's that's he's been on fire all season. Tottenham winning and Manchester City winning late against Swansea. Mm. Uh, mm. Gabriel Jesus, the youngster, just came in getting the winning goal there. In fact, I think he uh, got both goals. He had two right. goals. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Definitely a big impact. Keeping Aguero on the bench. Talking about fresh impact, getting in a player in the January transfer window. Yeah, right. other teams haven't done it. I know. Like often, when when it's the January window, it's you don't necessarily get the top players that you would during the summer window. But he was on the market, promising. He played for Brazil, and he's like you said, instant impact. He's proving has faith in him. Interesting. Uh, big game of the weekend was Arsenal going to Stamford Bridge to play Chelsea. Do I want to hear about this? Mm, probably not. But you're going to hear a little bit about it anyway. All right. Shoot, <laughs> shoot me with it. So, I mean, man, Arsenal looked good for the first 10 minutes or so, I thought. 10 minutes. 10 minutes or so. But then Marcus Alonso, Chelsea crossed into the box, wasn't closed down. Diego Costa actually with the first header saved. Rebound to Marcus Alonso. He puts it in. And uh, remember to see that goal. Poor Hector Bellerin actually gets elbowed in the face. Yeah. Uh, Goal. Yeah, I saw the first half. Off, yeah. I saw the first half. Oh, and uh, my reaction was that Arsenal wins the ball. They go for attack. And as they kind of passes the midfield, yeah. oh, it looks like Chelsea is back up with nine players on the right side of the ball, protecting right. the goal, almost like parking the bus. Yeah. And as soon as Chelsea wins the ball, you have six players... Just attacking on a counterattack. I wonder how they do that. How is that? <laughs> they defend with everybody organized, and they attack with numbers instantly. That's that's something. When I watch Chelsea, they look like a complete team. Like you can't get any more complete than that. You can defend well. They can pass the ball really well. 
they can counterattack. That's really probably their biggest strength with Hazard and Pedro. Uh, every time an Arsenal defender moved up to join the attack, yeah. then instantly they lose the ball. And instantly that space that they left behind was exploited by Pedro or Hazard. Chelsea were incredible. I mean, they were so, so well. Good. But, but you know how you can do that? You can only do that by the coach giving each player the exactly role yeah. they need to accomplish yeah. in that game. But if each individual player knows the role they have to play tactically, mentally, and put it out there and try to execute the plan they have to win that game, they are definitely closer to win that game right. than coming in this game less sure of themselves, right? Yeah. It's like, that's an instant advantage that you have even before the game starts. You know exactly what you're going to do. You have a game plan. Exactly. You know, everyone, you look around their team and you know what they're going to do. You know what that person's going to do. You know what you're going to do. So. Oh, exactly. Exactly. Like, Hazard already knows when he gets that ball and makes a quick turn and runs with the ball fast with his speed. Yeah. He already knows more or less where the wingbacks are going to come exactly. or where uh, Diego Costa will be and how, you know, exactly not what to do, but in, in more or less in the roles. Yeah. So when you watch this game or some other Arsenal, Arsenal games this season, do you feel like Arsenal have a plan like this in their games? I don't know. Not enough. I mean, when you see Arsenal play, you think that they're going to be, you know, possess the ball, passing around, almost tiki-taka-like. But even once they do that, they they just run out of ideas. And sometimes once they can't even do that, oh. once, like, Chelsea, once Chelsea can get the ball back pretty quickly, Liverpool can get the ball from them pretty quickly, Manchester City, once they can't even do that, that they know, then they have absolutely no ideas. I mean, first of all, we have to say that I think the referee should have called a free kick what Alonso did. He uh, actually elbowed Bellerin on the face, and that's a head injury. When it comes to head injuries, what any type of head injuries, that's a free kick. That's a call. Mm. That's a security of the players. He just lets him, he just lets that goal to be stand, yeah. stand or be fair. When you see that, that bad, you know, fall even hurt him and have to come off. Come off. Yeah. Come off. <laughs> you know, it's it's this is so typical Arsenal in one way. Yeah. It feels like so typical. Being a being a Arsenal fan for so long and you have been Arsenal fan so long and there's so many Arsenal fans out there and I have noticed something that is going on in London, especially mm. in North London. We're talking about a movement that happening right now as we speak in Emirates. And it's not a positive movement. Mm. It's actually a movement that came from a negative experiences that has built up over the time that the people that cheer for Arsenal Football Club wants to have change. Their feelings and their dedication and loyalty has kind of got a turn now and there are voices among the fans that wants to have Wenger out. This is a clear message that happens when a big group of supporters 
big group of people that wants to have the same goal, same achievements, same successes, and not getting it even a longer time, getting upset into the way that they need to have a change. The reality is uglier than we actually know sitting here in Atlanta. Uh, sure. They are really tired of where this club is going. They're not showing enough mentality, not enough of dedication, not enough loyalty. And people actually start shouting, Wenger out, Wenger out. And apparently there were like two or three fights that happened at the away section at Stafford Bridge. Enough. What do you think will happen next with Arsenal? Oh, that's the thing. You like you said it's uh, it's a situation that grew from uncertainty and disappointment. I remember this actually happened some of last season. I remember I can't remember the game, but a game at the Emirates where okay. uh, a couple times during the game, about half the stadium started chanting and waving up banners and signs saying "Banger out" and "Enough is enough," you know that sort of thing. Oof. Yeah, and there was still other half of the stadium that would then start to like boo them and would applaud Wenger and say, you don't realize the type of person that we have, how lucky we are to have and have had Arsene Wenger after another really bad defeat to a big rival. This is just pulling up again. As for what happens next? Change. I think so. I think this will be his last season. I think so. I think so too. And I hope that he will come out with it pretty soon. Because this disagreement, this unhappiness among Arsenal fans is not healthy for the club. If Wenger can come out and say that this will be my last season, I bet you, I'm telling you, that the entire club, the fans, the people, everybody, we all will support and give our best to make sure that Wenger has the best and yeah. at his Arsenal career because he deserves it. Because right now the fans are split, aren't they? Very much. So, so this would this would definitely unite the fans, I think. Yeah. In at least some regard. Some will be happy, but this would unite the fans in that, yeah, like you said, end the season as positively, as strongly as we can. Even though we don't know what the next manager will bring, who mm-hmm. will, what it'll be like, how the club will do. But so there's still some uncertainty there. But we'll then know, like, okay, it's like almost like a fresh start. We can get behind yep. the new guy, yep. behind the new philosophy exactly. of the club. Exactly. So. Oof, did you just feel that? It's almost like you've been sitting inside in a tiny room all day and then you open it up and it comes fresh air. Ah. Like, ah. <sighs> you know, out with the old and with the new. Really effective. And, and they're, a, they're a very dangerous team. When you can win games and you're not bang at it, that makes you a threat. And in terms of that danger, Thierry, did Arsenal play into their hands? I don't know if Arsenal played into their hands. Uh, I don't even know if Arsenal played today. Um, we knew exactly what to expect from, from Chelsea, and we don't know what to expect from Arsenal from time to time. And we, always, we talked about what they shouldn't be doing against that Chelsea team, and that's exactly what they did. That was Thierry Henry. Uh, Arsenal legend who really summed it up there. Yeah. Really summed up Arsenal fans' disappointment. Uh, I want to ask you, Oz, have you ever, like, experienced a sort of major disappointment like that or any real tragedy? You know, so much 
things happens, you know, as a player, injuries, relegations. Yeah. Um, but if we're gonna try to look in the fans' perspective, mm. right? I re- remember that Urbo Escort one year got relegated from Asmenskian, and they had a terrible year, man. They had a bad year. They didn't get points. There was no hope. There was nothing going on, you know? Urbo, your hometown club. My hometown. My hometown. They got down to the second division. Do you know the name of that? Oh, the Supretan. Come on, man. Come on. <laughs> I'm impressed. I'm impressed. Yeah, man. They they went down to Supretan and that was a big blow for the city. You could immediately feel like the disappointment that we're not in the top league mm. and how much soccer means to the city and its people. And it was a big blow, man. You know, the 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 crowd and fans dropped at the home games and you know, it was more boring away games and uh, less money. Kinda hurt Urbro. You know, it was another big joy eventually when they came up. But still, that was a really, really tough moments and period for the city. Uh, do you have any case similar to that? Uh, let's see. I don't know if there's anything personally, but I can think of just one example. Okay, which one? Maybe a couple examples. Here's one that's biggest, one of the biggest rivalries in world football is, of course, Old Firm, mm. Rangers, Celtic, in Scotland, Glasgow. Good one. Fierce rivalry. And it seemed like a given, almost like a classical, right? That always Rangers and Celtic will be fighting for the title. They'd always be there to fight each other, to battle each other, to pip each other and really make each other honest, keep each other honest. But then several years ago, Rangers went through some financial troubles. Yeah. And they actually were, uh, they went into administration and were liquidated and which was a big shock. Big shock. Even that even made like world news. That's insane. And Rangers had to, they were like dissolved and they were reformed. In the fourth division of Scottish football. I mean, they went from the playing like Champions League, yeah. being the biggest club historical in the world, and having top, top, top derby games to actually go down all the way to the bottom division. I know. I remember there were a couple of American players that played for Rangers at the time, and they went from playing in Champions League, getting Champions League group stage yeah. security to now being like insecure about their futures and so they had to be shipped off to other clubs and who knew what would happen there that so, is a tragedy really for people of glass half the people of glasgow even the celtic fans right yeah i mean yeah, yeah. what happened to this status of the league now it's so dumb <laughs> honestly it's, it's almost not even necessary right i mean good that you mentioned this man good that you mentioned because when you said that something else just popped up in my head and it is actually Leeds United. Leeds United. Leeds United played classic club, very classic British club. Played semi-finals in Champions League. Great players back in the day with you know Harry Kewell, Mark Buduka. Yeah, uh, Tim Cahill, Alan Smith, James Milner. James Milner. There's another one, right? You can you keep going. I can't keep I can't keep going for a long time. <laughs> that was good. But they had really going on, man. They were like semifinals in the Champions League. Yeah. The year after they came to the semifinals in UEFA Cup and lost against Galatasaray. And then something happened. 
very similar to Glasgow. They started to sell a couple of players, never really got in good players that you know back with the same kind of qualities mm. and with financial losses they lost a lot of games and went out from the Premier League. Yeah, they really struggled. I mean, dude, what kind of what kind of story have they been reading since then? You know what I mean? They've been struggling in championship. They've been going down to League One. Yeah, this was like 10, 12, 13 years ago yeah, or something like that. a long time ago. Yeah. I mean, people that remember, remembers, you know? Mm. And the new generation might not know it, but Leeds was a big club. They're still a very well-known club. Yeah. And... This was a very big sadness to the city. I bet. It's almost like a shock, right? Being seems so safe, so your status is so secure as one of the top clubs in England. Even like you said, challenging for the Champions League for the UEFA yeah. Cup. That's huge. Big time. To being relegated and struggling at that in the second division in the championship. It gotta be hard as a supporter that Gives everything each week, each week coming to the stadiums, meeting up with your best friends, with yeah. your mates, you go in there to have a good time. But yet, another disappointment. Yet, another disappointment for such a long period of time. Yeah. I mean, there got to be such a unhappiness among the supporters at Glasgow Rangers, at Leeds United supporters. It's very similar to Arsenal fans. True, true. Uh, feeling such disappointment for... 12 years or so, 13 years since the last time we won a, well, before these couple of FA Cups, the last time we were seriously challenged for the Premier League title, for the Champions League title. Disappointment after disappointment, right? Right. Leeds is all is the same thing, even because they even went uh, a level lower. You got, you got a club like Blackburn that's been very well known. British they won the team. Premier League in the 90s. Yeah. 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 Alan Shearer. Alan Shearer, right? Alan Shearer, yeah. Yeah, and now they're also in the bottom tier of the championship. Yeah, yeah, and uh, other clubs like like uh, Wolverhampton, who were um, they've been in Premier League for a little while now. Aston Villa, Middlesbrough just got back up this past year. They were down, struggling True. in the for championship for a while. Wigan, Wigan's another one, right? Remember the FA Cup with Wigan, and then they, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the same year they got relegated. Yeah, <laughs> this is like periods that goes for a long time that. The reality to the fans and the people, even even the people that works at the clubs, that is not easy to handle. It's not, you know, something they wish for. And they also know that this means so much to the people in the cities. Yeah. And it's similar to us in one way, you know. We know how much this actually meant for Atlanta Falcons fans. Yeah, how much they've been craving for this opportunity. I, I remember thinking while the game was happening and while the Falcons were doing so well, I remember thinking, "Oh, this is going to be great for the city of Atlanta." Just think about what this would mean. <laughs> yeah, uh, just think about now other players that can come to the Falcons just on a pure sports football basis, come to a championship team. Dude, I was already thinking about like, okay, twenty years from now, I will be able to say that I watched the Super Bowl with my friends. When Atlanta actually won. I yeah. was actually in Atlanta. Yeah. Then, you know what I mean? And I even think this is the last year of the Georgia Dome. I mean, the Falcons won the last game there. But I think a great way to end an era by bringing home the biggest title you can win. Definitely. Definitely. This city definitely needed that. Wanted that. Lost it. Yeah. And that was a big, heavy 
loss. Yeah. Think about what Leeds would be like if they had managed to win that, win the Champions League and, or, you know, stayed in the Premier League and been able to maintain their challenge on the Premier League and the Champions League. They could be one of the top clubs in England right now if they hadn't lost that talent vigor that they, that they once had. But I can probably go back and look at details what happened to find faults. We don't really necessarily want to do that right now. But to go back and understand what went wrong can also lead to progress. Yeah. You know, we kind of can see at Arsenal now what has been going on for the past 10 years. Has the club actually managed to achieve their plans? Not really. Not really. But in all of these losses, man, it was still beautiful to talk about Germany, Sweden. Ibra, Ibra, <laughs> the last with the golden. It was really. <laughs> I mean, ah, oh, you know, that's all kind of worth it. You yeah, know? yeah. And Donovan scores one of the best goals of U.S. history, the most important goals of U.S. soccer history that will never be forgotten. Dude, even I was like, okay, now I want to move to U.S. <laughs> <laughs> hey, dude, what about the Turkey Czech Republic? Yeah. I mean, have you heard anything like it? No, <laughs> no. I wasn't a fan of Turkey at the time, but I was like, I was so happy for them. I was rooting for them. It was unbelievable. Was it fun to listen to the Turkish yeah. commentator? <laughs> yeah. I love hearing that, that passion and emotion behind it. Because they give us that too. They right. give us the happiness. They give us the losses. They give us the heaviness. They give us the lightness. Right. Just like the Swedish commentator. Tell me his name again. Lasse Grandfist. Completely uh, sums it up with his commentary on the first I don't know what he's saying but on the first goal by Sweden where he's not really into it and then fourth goal by Sweden <laughs> when he's so high he went from really low to really high all of a sudden so that's what happens once you do you know experience these lows you can know and feel comfort in the highs will get, will will return and you always have these highs to look back on you're right and you can see Leeds are coming back. They are. You can see Glasgow Rangers yeah, back, coming back. Back in the top back. division. Leeds are making a challenge on the championship. Right, right. And now, man, with all these tragedies and happiness. But I say thank you, man. I really say thank you for these moments that you, you experienced and you achieved. I really appreciate that we actually saw it, you know? Yeah. It means a lot. It means a lot. Mm. So even with this heavy loss that we experienced together, can I finish the fourth episode of All Scotch and Cake Soccer Podcast Show? Will you give me this time to finish it off? Sure. Go okay. for it. Yeah. I'll give you my permission. I have it. You have it. Man, this was 2008 quarterfinals between... Turkey and Croatia. Turkey with red jerseys and Croatia blue jerseys. And after that big miracle that happened against Czech Republic, they really won the quarterfinals. Right. Going for it. And, uh, and 90 minutes ended 0-0. And the first overtime ended 0-0. And you know, Turkey had Rüştü Rejber. He's been, they've been, Player for Turkey for like more than 10, 15 years. Legend from 2002 and all other Euros and World Cups for Turkey. Goalkeeper, yeah. 
he was the reserve keeper, but he had the chance to be the keeper in this important game. And uh, stupidly, man, stupidly, he went too far on the left side, far out in the penalty box. And what are you doing out there? Why did you go out? And then he realizes his mistakes and runs back to the goal. And then they cross it. And I was like... No, 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 this cannot happen, this cannot happen, this cannot really happen, man, are you kidding me, are you really kidding me, you know, why are you going out there, I mean, why are you really going out there, you know what I mean, what, what, what is your job out there, oh man, you know, this is right, right at the end of the second overtime half. And then there is one more kick that Rüste has to shoot in the half field. You know, it's even above uh, the extra time. Right. Okay, even Vladimir Bilic comes in and blames that hey, it was over. He passed the time, and he kicks it, and it falls in front of Semi Shentu. I'm like. What is going on right now? What is really going on right now? I cannot believe my eyes. Uh, another miracle that is happening right in front of us. Another miracle. We have just the penalties left before we can reach to the semifinals. Modris missing. Rakitic is missing. Arda is scoring. Hamid Altintop is scoring. And now, Richter, it's your time. It's your time, Richter. And thank you, Turkey. Thank you, Kerry, for letting me bring this soccer moment to the fourth episode of the Oscotching King Soccer Podcast Show. Time to hide